Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Grizz Nation? This is Mason, a.k.a. Slim from the Barn Burner. And my buddy Zach and I are about to come at you with episode 38 of the Backdoor Cut podcast. In this episode, we talk about the recent transactions that the Grizzlies front office has made to keep this summer exciting for us Grizzlies fans. We also talk about the Summer League team, which will be playing for the Summer League Championship Monday night at 8 o'clock. And then we talk about the rest of the moves in the Western Conference and how we expect it to shake out. As always, we are brought to you by Blue Note Bourbon. Blue Note is artfully crafted to honor the deep history of the Memphis Blues. Be noteworthy, Memphis, and go copy a bottle. Enjoy. Welcome, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. Today, you got me, Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. And also, I have Mason with me from the Heat Wave West Coast. Uh, from the second place, uh, Nike EYBL team is from uh, California. So, sorry, uh, sorry you couldn't take home the victory. Even though, I guess, Kansas is like, we had a hometown boy on the team, led the Mokin Elite to the EYBL title, but... Team's based out of Kansas, so that's not really close to either one of us. That's like definitely super in the middle of the country. But how you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm good, man. Jalen Green put up a good fight, though. He he was not going down without a fight. That was a hell of a game. Team, why not uh, f- fall into Mocan Elite? Uh, but Jalen Green, hopefully a future Tiger. Him and him and Kennedy Chandler. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, man. They were that. That was a really exciting game. You could tell those guys are super competitive in that. They just have a presence. Their teams definitely are relying upon them to to do a lot. Also, Devin Askew, the point guard for Team Why Not, he was a he was pretty impressive. He was a dog on defense, man. 
Yeah, he was, but my guy was the big fella, Nafali Dante. That dude, <laughs> that dude dominates every EYBL game that I watch. Like, maybe I just get him on his good days, but he looks like a really dominant big man. Uh, so excited to watch him in the future. But, man, quite a bit has changed since we talked two weeks ago, dude. Uh, well, for one, I survived two earthquakes uh, out here on the West Coast. Jeez, yeah. I I, I was in Michigan when those were happening. I, what's that like? I have no idea. Uh, everything just kind of rumbles, like, I, and there's nothing you can do. So it's kind of scary, but uh, only some glasses were, like, rattling and stuff. Nothing was falling off the walls or anything, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but the NBA is like completely changed oh, yeah. two, two weeks ago. We were talking about the jazz being, uh, you know, contenders in the West. And now I feel like they're not even being thought about with all the other moves that have taken place. Um, the Grizz are in the summer league championship, baby. They just beat the Pelicans <laughs> in overtime. Like, let's go. Yeah, that, that was a good game too. Today is a Sunday full of like, like good basketball and not at the levels that you usually see on TV. So that, that was fun. It was a good, it was a good mix of like tiding us over. I feel like we're continually tied it over. Like the season's been over college been over for a long time. Then NBA has been over for several weeks, but free agency is almost as exciting as a season right now. Honestly, it really is. I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen next. Now we're waiting on the, Chris Paul trade from Oklahoma City after he was traded to Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook, who is now teaming up with James Harden. But let's before we get into that, let's let's start with Grizz Summer League. Um, We mentioned that they are now playing for the title, which will be Monday night at 8 p.m. local time, I believe. Um, Brandon Clark has really been as good as advertised or maybe better than advertised. I think he's averaging like 12 and a half points seven rebounds, shooting greater than 50% from the floor, blocking shots of like his athleticism lives up to the hype. What have you thought about B Clark so far in summer league? So something that I've been most encouraged by is uh, his ability. He's really rolling to the goal and he's gotten several, you know, alley-oops from Grayson, uh, Harvey, the guys out there who are, you know, driving in addition to him off the, I feel like that is something in Memphis that we just not had, you know, it's like how Chris Paul, Blake Griffin played Clint Capella. That's how he gets a lot of his baskets. Really a lot of the big men in the league score like that. But we in Memphis have never really had someone that, you know, that's not how our offense has been based. Gasol was not going to do that. You know, he can't jump Zebo, He wasn't jumping. So, you know, while they were big men that could score, that was not, you know, not how they got their points. Right, so I'm, I'm right. excited to see that. And like, even when we did, you know, Mike and Jaron last year, the little bit they played together, um, I still didn't really see it as much as I wanted to. Because obviously Jaron's athletic enough to do that, but I feel like Mike was just so not used to that being an option that he didn't really incorporate that into his game right off the bat. Yeah, I think it's kind of unknown if Mike Conley is a good lob thrower. Uh, I guess we'll see the season with Rudy Gobert. Um, Funny you should say that is on Reddit. Someone, uh, a Utah fan, came into the Grizz Reddit and was like, hey, can Mike Conley throw lobs? So there's like a bunch of people who are like, well, uh, I don't know. He didn't really like throw lobs in Memphis, but he's really good at floaters. (laughs) Floaters one-handed, so I guess he can throw lobs. 
Yeah, you would think so. That'll be an interesting uh, under underline uh, throughout the season <laughs> to to pay attention to. Um, yeah, Brandon Clark, he's been shown the ability to hit the jumper too, um, which was kind of not advertised as part of his skill set. So that's encouraging to see and just makes winning plays. Like we are a better team when he's on the floor. And I feel like he's only going to get better when he's surrounded by better players, better passers like John Morant, Tyus Jones, uh, really being able to hit him. Jaron be being able to roll or I mean, uh, not roll, but pop out to the three point line and open up the lane for Clark to roll and catch those lobs. So that's going to be fun. Uh, who else in summer league have you been impressed with? Really a uh, Harvey. Like, so I don't know much about this guy. I'll be honest. And I was looking up earlier, uh, just like, who is this guy? Why have I not heard about him? So he played on, uh, the, the hustle this year. You're Apparently, not supporting the hustle, man. I thought you were Mr. Hustle. I've, I've been to a few <laughs> games, but I, 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 man, the Grizzlies were like, they might not have been able to compete in the G league this year for most of the season. <laughs> let's be real. I couldn't handle too much of that kind of basketball. You're right. You're right. But uh, he scored over 50 points in a game. I like, I don't know if it was a overall G league record or something. It was either 52 or 58. Some, I can't remember which one. But I was like, how did he not get up to Memphis at all? Someone that can score 50 points has that potential. There were probably not a single guy on the Grizzlies roster, maybe outside of Jaron, that could score 50 points in a game. And he never got any run. That, that I thought that was strange. Yeah, he is a CBG certified bucket getter for sure. And you, you uh, got to have those. You really do. I mean, he he made a, he's had probably one of the best summer leagues out there this season. So going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, you know, we, we already have our two ways locked up with Yuta who played pretty well throughout summer league. Like I think so well that they kind of shut him down, uh, these past couple of games, but just looked like he was better than most people on the floor. So that was a good sign to see. Um, we need a wing who can handle the ball and, you know, create, even though we have a log jam at small forward right now, <laughs> but, uh, Yuta and then the other guy on the two way is Jaron Conchar who didn't really have a great summer league scoring wise, but he did a lot of little things and the coaching staff seemed to really be impressed with him. So he was, he was rebounding, throwing assists. So those two guys look to be uh, set in stone, but Tyler Harvey has got to be making the front office rethink some things. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd expect, you know, one or two guys go down then he'll probably get some run in Memphis, especially, you know, he's getting to build that relationship directly with Jenkins because uh, he's coaching the summer league team. So I would assume that he would, you know, be on the forefront of his mind. Should we need a guy who can get buckets or, you know, he wants to incorporate into the offense. Right, right. Then uh, Ivan Rab hasn't been with the team these past couple of days. Uh, Bruno has been. He's He's played solid. He hasn't really dominated, maybe like you would hope for. But uh, I think he, he's still played pretty well and looks like one of the better players out there. Yeah, I feel like Bruno is like doing the same. He, he's, he knows his role. He's playing the same role on this summer league team as he would on the Grizzlies. Like not going to be a guy that's just going out there doing a ton like stat-wise and everything, but he gets in the way. He impacts shots on defense. Um, and he can just do some of the small stuff. I, I'm still like really curious to see how he pans out. I hope that, you know, like to see him stay on the roster. 
Yeah. So he, he and Rab both have non-guaranteed mm-hmm. deals. Um, so I, w- I would think he's ahead of Rab in that pecking order. I would think so too, yeah. Rab just kind of too much of a tweener, it seems. Yeah, he doesn't have the – he hasn't stretched his game out enough in the at the NBA level. In the G League level, he has. He shot well from three with the hustle, but once he gets up to the forum, he's just not performed – you know, hadn't been able to stretch and he's kind of small, not super long. Unlike, you know, Caboclo's super long, got the like eight foot arms or whatever, and he can shoot the three. So he really has an advantage over Ivan in a couple ways. It's really going to mess up. I have to change like my Twitter picture and every, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> if we cut Rab. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's probably the most likely scenario. I, yeah. I think I have come to terms with that though. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna be sad to see him go because I, I like his skill set and I think he can be a player, but it's just not moving along quickly yeah. enough. So he might he, he could make some money overseas probably, or maybe uh, the Lakers will need him in like March <laughs> when they need somebody. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now everybody's new favorite Grizzly, Grayson Allen, um, <laughs> is one of fifteen from the three point line in summer league. Oh my. Um, he got ejected from the game uh, the other day against the Celtics when he hit Grant Williams in the back of the head and then acted like he didn't do anything. Um, what, what are you thinking about Grayson Allen? I mean, I'm not super excited about him. From from what I've seen in summer league, outside of the obvious like temper issues, I guess, as he seems to turn the ball over a lot, kind of – especially saw that today in the semifinal game, he had several key turnovers and you would expect him as, you know, the four year guy from Duke been playing in high pressure situations for, for years and years. And you wouldn't expect a summer league game to get to him, but you know, multiple possessions down the stretch, he really just kind of faltered and seemed like he just coughed the ball up. So that's not super encouraging. And if his shots not falling, then, I don't really know what that's got to be his like bread and butter is hitting the shots, hitting threes. That's like got to be the main reason you have him. I legit wondered during the game today, how in the hell he scored 40 points in the NBA game last year. Like, <laughs> I, I, I Who are they playing? I don't know, but I mean, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> like, was, <clears throat> that, that, that's surprising to me. I don't, I don't see a future for him really in the NBA. I don't think he's, He's got some athleticism, but he's not like uber athletic to where it makes him uh, above the other people in the league that you could have on your team, you know? And if if he's not hitting a three, then. And I think that also like being a four-year guy, you expect immediately to come and like hit the ground run and be able to impact the game, have a better sense of what you're doing uh, because your ceiling is a lot, probably a lot lower than someone who's 19 years old coming into the league, making those same mistakes. But if you've been playing high caliber basketball for that long, I would, I would expect more from you. Kind of like Javon, you know, four year guy, you expect him to be able to like, just jump in and contribute immediately. And such a slow start, slow grinding start was not super encouraging. Probably one reason that he is no longer with us. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, Allen when he's surrounded by better players. But uh, speaking of Javon and him no longer being with us, 
we packaged him with a uh, Kyle Corver. We, we hardly knew ye, Kyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and sent him to Phoenix. What were you going to say about your boy? <laughs> about Javon? Uh, I thought you were going to say something about Kyle. Oh, no. I, I am curious. In that situation, like, does he get a Grizzly jersey at all? Or is it just like... Because he was probably so. never in Memphis, I would assume. Yeah, no, nah, he doesn't get no jersey. He probably doesn't want one. Buy one off of Fanatics or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we sent those two to Phoenix for Josh Jackson, the former number four overall pick. Uh, DeAnthony Milton, who was pretty good for Phoenix last year um, in, a, in a backup point guard role, and he ended up starting some games. And then we also got two seconds in that deal. And basically what Phoenix was doing was – cutting down salary to be able to pay Ricky Rubio <laughs> and Kelly Oubre. So we get a second chance on Josh J- Jackson and then a look at DeAnthony Melton. How, how'd you feel about that move? Honestly, like the getting Corver for getting two second round picks for him. I thought like that in and of itself, I mean, that's a pretty decent move. We got our Justin holiday picks back. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. We gave up two picks for Justin Holiday <laughs> and two players. It's still a like, that's a that's a haul right there for that guy. Ooh, he needs to go to Houston now. Mm. Is that a spot? I, I think that'd be a good spot for him. He can just stand in the corner and hit those threes, man. That's what yeah. he's known for. And play some defense. They're gonna need somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be a fun team for sure. Um, but yeah, overall. You know, I was pleased just from that and also kind of curious, uh, you know, to see how DeAnthony Melton turns out and if Josh Jackson's able to, you know, turn it around. Obviously, everyone's like, oh, well, Zebo, you know, he was a reclamation project when he came to Memphis. But you know, every person's different, different set of scenarios. So it's really hard to say. I don't I'm curious that I pose this question to you guys in a group message that if Chris Wallace had done a move like this uh, for Josh Jackson, like that's definitely seems like a second draft type of move. Would we people be criticizing it more than they are because we're all kind of on a high right now with how climate and the new regime have done? Yeah. Well, I think in this case, it wasn't like a second draft on trying to make a, a playoff team, a contender. This is just kind of like rolling the dice on a team that's already going to be bad. And you're just trying to accumulate, accumulate as much talent as possible. So, um, I like to think that I wouldn't bash Chris Wallace for this move. Cause I do think it's a good <laughs> move. Um, but you never know in that situation, <laughs> Chris, Chris Wallace can bring out the fields. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Jackson, he just needs to buy into his role. Um, he's obviously not going to be an NBA superstar at the way that his career is playing out right now. So he needs to buy into being a three and D type wing. He's six, eight, got great size, should be able to guard anyone on the perimeter. Um, cause he's also an, a hell of an athlete can get out in transition. And if he can start knocking down the corner threes, then he, he could be a good piece to a championship team, but it's like Tony Allen always says, uh, you got to buy into your role. And that's sometimes the hardest thing for a young guy to do. And, and that's kind of also what's different than Jackson and Zebo. Zebo was later in his career, uh, older and in theory, more mature than, you know, a 22, 23 year old Josh Jackson, who's just trying to find his way in life. Um, 
Then DeAnthony Melton, I like his game. He's a long point guard from USC. Um, I listened to a Locked On Suns podcast when they were talking about the trade, and they basically said he was their second best guard last season behind Devin Booker. I mean, that's encouraging. That's high. I mean, I think highly of Devin Booker at least. So I know the team was kind of a dumpster fire, but to be that high up, that sounds good to me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't name another guard on their roster. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) He's long. He can play defense. He can kind of play off the ball. Uh, he's good in transition and he was a plus 2.4 according to cleaning the glass on that awful Suns team. So some, some signs of encouragement. I think he's kind of why the front office felt okay to sign and trade DeLon Wright to Dallas. I think he's a younger kind of DeLon Wright light, if you will. Um, and I'm excited for him. And then to me, Josh Jackson's just like the cherry on top in that deal. It's like, if he works out fine, if not, yeah. then we just, just want to exercise the option, which I think is in October. It's an early season option. So um, that's going to be a decision that we have to make um, before we really know what we're getting. You know, you'll have mm-hmm. like training camp and a little bit of the season. That's pretty much it. Yeah, we've had such terrible backup point guards for such a long time outside of DeLon, you know, in his short time with us last year that, yeah, I'm totally open to, you know, just seeing at least what Milton can do. He can't be worse than, like, your boy Andrew Harrison. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be hating on Andy, man. <laughs> uh, but But – among the other backup point guards, the Grizzlies signed Tyus Jones to an offer sheet that Minnesota did not match. Uh, three years, like $28 million, I believe. Um, what do you think about Tyus Jones? Did, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched him play much, but just from seeing what Minnesota fans think of him, they think super highly of him. They all really love him, say that he was a great guy, great player, great person to have on the team, you know, really good as, you know, when he was running the floor, running the point. So I, you know, I feel pretty good about that. He's four years younger, I think, than DeLon. So that kind of goes along with the um, kind of the growth track, if you will, that the rest of the team is on. And I think the, you know, the second round pick that we got for him or that not for him, but that we got when trading DeLon, that just kind of adds to our treasure chest that we're building. So I'm that part I'm totally okay with. You know, getting another guy who might be maybe not quite as good, but who also has, you know, a fair amount of value and then also adding those picks on, that's totally fine with me. That seems to be right in line with everything that we're doing. It wasn't a decision that I was like, what the heck are you doing? That's totally deviating from all the other moves you've made. It seemed right in line, you know, so I was totally cool with it. Yeah, especially if DeLon didn't want to be here, right? Like, it, yeah. it seems like he didn't want to be around to usher in Ja Morant and kind of be the sixth man that he's been for the past couple of years. And he'll probably be the starter in Dallas, and he'll be happy so you don't have a negative effect on a young team in the locker room, uh, even though I don't think DeLon is, like, a bad guy. But still, you know, the frustrations play out, and that can cause mm-hmm. other factors throughout the locker room. So I'm okay with it. And Tyus – Last year, I think he only shot like 32% from three, but he had like the best assist to turnover ratio in the league is what everyone's hanging their hat on. Um, On cleaning the glass, his shooting numbers for the previous two years before this year were actually pretty good. He was like 60, 70th percentile in a lot of things. 
And he's been a net positive for three years and been on some pretty bad Minnesota teams too. So uh, just another guy that seems like he plays winning basketball. And I don't think you can ever have too many good point guards. Like we just saw Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet, um, you know, playing together in the NBA finals. And we saw how big Van Fleet came up to be. So I'm cool with having three point guards who can all play. Like, and I think, I think they all will play like in, in the same games, you know? Yeah, because I don't think – I mean, Jaw's not going to get all those minutes. He's still a 19-year-old kid, so he definitely has a big learning curve. So these other guys are going to – they're going to be able to get their run for sure. Yeah, and Ty is actually – his numbers off the ball are like through the roof. He's not off the ball a lot, but he's like really, really positive in those areas. So uh, let's see. What other moves have we had? We got um, talked about the Suns move. We got Tyus. Oh, Trey, CJ – CJ Miles to uh to the Wizards for Dwight. So on, I totally forgot about CJ Miles <laughs> being on our team. I remember him in April when he uh like first available day, he like exercised his option, his uh player option to come back for I think it's it was eight million dollars or something. And that was like a big joke because it was like, yeah, he's not gonna get that much if he goes into free agency. Right. Uh, so when we traded him, I was like, uh, okay, yeah. If, if I forgot that he was there, then it wasn't like that big of a deal to me, I guess. Didn't he have a 30 point game for us last year? He did. I mean, <laughs> that's the true. Dis- I never disrespect. seen, <laughs> he's one of the very few people that has worn a Grizzly Jersey that just like has no inhibition and just lets it fly. Like he would just come off screens and just let it fly. Whereas I feel like most people on our team are like, really overthinking like ah should i should i shoot this or no i better i better pass to mark i better find mike get the ball back to him but cj did not care he just he let that sucker fly sure did i'm gonna miss seeing that but uh that was a cost-saving move yeah Uh, cj made like what eight million and dwight makes five so don't expect dwight howard to be around long just like we don't really – I don't expect Iggy, uh, Andre Iguodala to be around long, who we got in that trade exception from the Mike Conley trade along with the future first from Golden State. What, what do you, where do you stand in this battle of Iggy where people are getting mad at us for not buying him out, but obviously we want to get the best return possible for an asset we have. Where yeah. do you stand on that? What do you think, how do you think it's going to play out? I think that we, I don't think that we should just like buy him out now just because he doesn't want to be here and like, and just let him go. I think we should certainly try to search the market. And this may mean that he doesn't play any, he may just be, he may be inactive until, until a deal gets done. And I don't know when that deal could be. It may be near the trade deadline, but I, I don't think that we should just cut him just because, cause I definitely think you can get, something for him there's at least another second round pick hidden in there from someone some someone will have someone go down on their roster they'll have a hole that they need filled and we should be able to get something back for him yeah i mean i would think so too all these teams that are rumored to want him like the lakers and the clippers i'm like come get him then he's right here well they don't have anything to offer like he he makes 17 million dollars so unless you have a trade exception um, you like there's you're not wanting to give up one of your 17 million dollar players like you're not wanting to give up Eric Gordon or Clint Capella to get Iggy I wouldn't think like that's not making your team yeah. better uh, uh, some of the only teams that I see that can make it work like 
uh, straight up without including the third team are like Miami, Detroit, and potentially Denver, who some have said is a secret suitor for him. Um, but Denver is going to have to give up something good, either like Will Barton or Malik Beasley. So I, I don't know if I'd do that. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see what a team's going to give up for him. So we'll see how that plays out. We may end up buying him out later on in the season. Like in February? Yeah, I mean, if, if by the trade deadline nothing happens, then okay, if you weren't able to pull the trigger on anything. But as far as like the now till then, what's that? Five, six, seven months? I'm not doing it now. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's going to be crazy to see what happens. <laughs> all the NBA's all pissed at us. Go find something else to be pissed off at. Right. Then we uh we traded Chandler Parsons finally, <laughs> finally. <laughs> I, that was very surprising. Can't believe how calmly I just said that. But uh, we traded <laughs> Chandler Parsons for Miles Plumley and Solomon Hill. So we basically split up one. Uh, expiring large contract into two smaller expiring contracts. And, uh, you know, I guess that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe we can get something for one or both of those guys, or maybe we ended up buying them out. I don't know, but we no longer have Chandler Parsons on the team. So peace be with you. (laughs) I'm curious if like, if they are buyout candidates, because I would have thought that Atlanta would have just bought them out. Yeah. And then they wouldn't have had to take on, you know, Chandler's contract they could have just got rid of one of those guys unless I'm totally missing something no I mean I think they Atlanta needed the roster spot so they needed to clear up one spot so that's why they did it and then I think they were signing someone else um so so. they couldn't wait around they needed to make the deal now is what you're saying yeah and I don't think they probably don't plan on buying Chandler out there they'll probably trot him out there (laughs) shoot that might as well, I guess, at that point. They, Atlanta, that's a interesting little team they got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got Trey and John Collins. And then who else did they draft? They got Cam Reddish. Yeah. And so somebody I, else. Yeah, they have like 12 picks or something. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> They've been hoarding them. Uh, then we said goodbye to our good friend Avery Bradley, who is now a Laker after we waived him. We didn't want to pay him that. 12 milli or whatever it was. Yeah. So, uh, good, you know, good for him going to the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, that, that just made sense. It, yeah. it did make sense to keep him. It really did. Um, so I think that's all of our moves <laughs> that we've made since we last talked. Uh, as the roster currently stands at point guard, we've got Ja, Tyus Jones, and DeAnthony Melton. The only real shooting guard we have is Grayson Allen. And then on the wings, we got Dylan. <laughs> Kyle, we still got Kyle Anderson. I forget about him. Uh-huh. Jay Crowder. We got the aforementioned Solomon Hill and Josh Jackson. Then we, then we got this random Marco Gadurik, who no one can confirm, but everyone has confirmed. But he, this is like a mystery man right now. Oh, yeah, he's like a 6'6", 6'6", shooter uh, out of Turkey. Or no, he's, sorry, he's not out of Turkey. He's playing in Turkey right now. Uh, but good, good shooting stroke. But you know, the question is, can he keep up with folks on defense? Pretty much, that's the general scouting report out there on the internet. Right. So. I didn't. I didn't spend a ton of time breaking down his film. Just like a couple hours, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, I haven't looked at any of it. So he, he, 
he rounds out the the squad on the wings. And then we got Jaron, Brandon Clark, Bruno, uh, Ivan, who we think is probably going to be the next to go. And then we got JV and Miles Plumley at the center position. And uh, to be determined with Iggy and Dwight Howard, who I don't expect to be be around, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, I don't. Dwight is much more likely buyout candidate at five million, but somebody somebody probably needs a big man, right? Someone, yeah. If if we buy him out, I'm sure he'll find a home. Yeah, I I would think I, so. I I I don't really want him to play here at all, but if he goes somewhere else, I'd be okay. <laughs> Right, and of course he came out with that article like I'm I'm a changed man. All I want to do is win, uh, and then somebody like clipped articles just like that from like the last five years. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like the Chandler Parsons article, right? Where right. reminds me of I know I'm, I love Memphis. <laughs> I felt bad too when I got hurt. Whatever, Chandler. Just we may that. never talk about him again. This could be the last time we ever talk about him. Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, so around the league, uh, we know that Kawhi has joined the Clippers along with Paul George. They bring back Pat Bev, uh, Lou Williams, Big Trizzle. So they got a they got a solid team, and the battle for LA is now Kawhi and Paul George versus uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, who is slim as hell right now. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen pictures of him uh-huh. lately, but he is in some type of shape. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And then the Rockets, of course, acquired Westbrook uh, for Chris Paul, and they had to give up some first-round picks. Oklahoma City now has a million first-round picks after Dude, trading right? PG and Russ Westbrook and Roberson. Or, I mean, not Roberson, uh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant. So, yep. what what are you thinking about the NBA right now? <laughs> Dude, I, 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 it's so exciting. One thing that, you know, a lot of the old, older school people, they hate all this teaming up and, you know, players recruiting each other and that kind of stuff. But honestly, what's happened the past few years with uh, Anthony Davis, for example, he still had another year on his contract, but he went ahead. He told New Orleans, I'm, I'm not going to resign my contract. I, please trade me. Like that's, that's so much better than just his contract expiring and him walking. Like literally between, you know, him and PG, how many picks were traded hands? How many sm- that benefited the small markets, Oklahoma City and New Orleans so well. Like they are set up to have some sort of rebuild at some point. Now I know I know that like Oklahoma's is going to be a while out. I think a lot of their picks were out towards the future. I think, but that still gives them some sort of path, and they can use those picks to trade to get more assets, kind of like how Memphis is doing. But I just think that that part is pretty cool as opposed to just waiting for your contract to run out and then jumping ship and leaving your, the team that draft you with absolutely nothing to show for it. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of the small markets right now are like in really good position. You already talked about Atlanta. Everybody's like loving them. Uh, Memphis. We feel like we're in a good position moving forward. New Orleans, obviously set up for the maybe now and the future. Um, OKC Milwaukee is in like contention. 
Uh, Detroit has a superstar, but you know, we'll see yeah. what they do. Um, but Dallas, Dallas is obviously not a small market, but Minnesota is kind of in, in flux, I guess. <laughs> They're a small market. Yeah. But, but, uh, but there are like more, there is a hope for small markets. Right. And then now, a lot of the big city teams are really good. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them poor guys there. So, I mean, maybe ultimately the stars still want to be in the big markets, but if they play, you know, five or six years in the small markets and then the small markets get something to replenish their, like their storerooms with picks and everything, then I, I feel like that's a, a fairly decent ecosystem. And yeah. I'm just thinking like, obviously I have the perspective of a small market and you know, it's going to, it would really hurt if one day John and Jaren are both just like, yeah, we're out of here. Like we're not doing this, but you know, how much fun are we going to have in that six year period building up to that? And then also just thinking about how much fun this summer has been, you know, with trading Mike and getting all the the picks back and then other players flipping from, for more picks, like that's still fun. And like, we still have a, we definitely have a future. Now you obviously need some luck like us getting the second pick, New Orleans getting the first pick that plays into it a ton. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that I mean, that, could that be that the most every, important that part. Everything for both franchises. Yes. Like a historic night for both franchises. Yeah. You, you definitely have to have luck, but then some of the other, you know, some of the other internal factors also play a, a big role as well. Yeah. And those guys that we drafted still have to pan out. Like Jaron still has to be really fucking good. Josh still has to be really good, or we're going to be at the bottom of the Western conference for many years to come. Yeah. If they, if they don't pan out, you know, we see it all the time. Minnesota, thought that they were going to be the next big team. Phoenix has thought that they were going to be like, <laughs> like four times. <laughs> yeah. Like we, you see it all the time with these high draft picks, not panning out. So, um, but the good news is we have assets as well to acquire players in other ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the NBA is a, now a duo league. There is no super team uh, per se at the moment, which the NBA for like the last 10 years and really forever has been a dynastic league, you know, like the Warriors, the Heat, um, the Spurs, the Lakers, like really ever since we've known the NBA, it's just been dynasty after dynasty. So interesting to see who the next one will be, you know? Yeah. Who, who, what duo is going to step up and like, who's going to be the next Shaq and Kobe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't be more excited, really. So, and I mean, like, yeah. Like, listen to these duos. and You got Harden and Westbrook, Kawhi and Paul George, LeBron and AD. You still got Steph and Clay. You got Dame and CJ. You got Conley and Mitchell. Uh, who, who do you want to say on the Nuggets? Jokic and Jamal Murray. Uh, Spurs got DeRozan and Aldridge. Like, there's Dallas like, has Luka and Kristaps. Yeah. Kyrie and Durant, you know. Yeah. Simmons and Embiid. Let's go. Uh, Giannis and Middleton. Like, Jesus. It's it's ridiculous, honestly. Like, it's going to be a great season. I cannot wait for NBA 2K to come out. Like, the the new one with the updated rosters. Or or they should just release an NBA Jam with all these duos on it. Oh, now that's a pretty good idea. So, So who do you like in the West? Uh, or how did if you had to pick the top eight right now who would you pick Ooh, top eight all right let me 
Let's pull it up. All right. Um, I'm thinking. Well, you can start with teams who won't make the playoffs. So the okay. Grizzlies are out. Yeah, I guess that, that's the easy way to go about it. Phoenix is out, right? Yep. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about OKC? You know, they got Chris Paul right now. They got mm. Gallo. They got Steven Adams. They got SGA. Current roster. I'm going to bump them out. Okay. Um, so then you got like the Mavs, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs. Mavs, Pelicans, Kings. I'm feeling the Kings. You're feeling them. I'm okay. feeling the Kings. They're going to squeak in there. You can't count the Spurs out, so I got to keep them. All right, who else do I need to cut? So I probably you, got too many teams in the playoffs already. Yeah, if you're feeling <laughs> the Kings, then you got to cut the Pills, the Mavs, the Spurs, the Nugs, the Jazz, the Blazers. That's oh, your crap. trap. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't yeah, think you're feeling the Kings that much. <laughs> nah, probably not. I got I to gotta put the Spurs in. The, you just, until they don't make the playoffs, then then, then I'll start to count them out. Uh, probably, I think the Pelicans won't get in this year. And right. Mavericks yeah. won't get in this year. I'm with you. Okay, so that leaves your... If, if you... Are you you're not feeling the Kings? I don't know who do I have to put them up against. Okay, so, so <laughs> the eight teams are the Rock, the Rockets, Blazers, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets, Spurs, and then the Kings are number nine out of that group. Yeah, nine's probably appropriate for that group. So, so how do you see the top four playing out? In top the four. All right, I think Clippers. Uh, let's see, Clippers, Lakers. Rockets, Jazz. Okay. I think I like I think I like the Rockets to win the most regular season games. Think like, so? I just think Russ is better than Chris Paul. Uh I think that spacing is gonna help him a lot. Like there's so much room for him to just attack the rim and then kind of like the Giannis plan in Okay, okay, okay. I see, I see. And then, I mean, you got shooters all around. And then if he doesn't have anything, he gives it to Harden and Harden attacks. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a pretty deadly combo. Uh, so hope, I'm, I'm hopeful that that works out. That, so I like them to win the most regular season games. I'm not sure about in the playoffs now because you, you pack that team in and you could have some problems. Yeah, and you but, get like some super good coaches. You, you come up against like Pop or Kerr. Or something like that, then they'll they'll game plan for you. They'll figure something out. I would I would imagine. Yeah, so I, I think I'm gonna go Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, and then I got the Warriors getting that fourth uh, home court spot. I, I feel like we're counting Steph Curry out. I think I think he's gonna have an MVP type year this year and just like go ballistic. <laughs> like he, no Kevin Durant, just no, no Clay Thompson. Yeah, like don't forget about me. I think we're going to see a LeBron Steph Curry race for the MVP this year. Some old school. Yeah. Take us back <laughs> two years. <laughs> uh, and then rounding out the rest of my playoffs, I got the Blazers at five, the Jazz at six. I got the Nuggets falling all the way down to seven. I don't know why. I just feel like that's a team that I can see regressing. Yeah. Kind of like they had their chance and then maybe they never get back to as high as a two seed. And then I'll put the Spurs in there at eight as well. They got Spurs got those guards coming back. They got Deontay Murray coming back. Lonnie Walker looks good in summer league. Derek White looked like he could be a player in the playoffs. And then, of course, they got DeMar and 
Aldridge. So can't can't count them out of the playoffs. Like <laughs> just can't do it. <laughs> the never aging Spurs. Like LMA is in the perfect spot for him because he's got the pops fountain of eternal youth that he can just feed off of. I don't even know yeah. how old that guy is. He's like 34 now or something, but he's still like same game, same same freaking game, man. And yeah, DeRozan DeRozan's really good. Seems like forever ago when the Grizzlies made LaMarcus quit on the Blazers. Yeah, <laughs> sure does. <laughs> like long time ago. Yeah, he yeah he owned us last time he was in the forum. He was he came back with a vengeance. So. Anything else league-wide or Grizzlies-related that you wanted to hit on? Nah, the East kind of whatever, I guess. Not as much. The West is just going to be real fun. The East is still, like, got some good teams, but more top-heavy than the West. Yeah, so I guess you got Philly, Milwaukee, uh, <laughs> Boston, in, Indy. Indy, yeah, I like Indy. And then it kind of falls off after that. Yeah, like I don't really see it changing too much. You know, I think Brooklyn might get Brooklyn might get a little better. Pacers got better. Toronto's probably going to fall down a few spots, but overall, your like your seating and everything's pretty, you know, going to be pretty good or pretty relevant to last year. Your seven and eight, maybe even six, seven, eight are going to be like just barely above five hundred. And yeah, and then you got like. You know, half a dozen really, really bad teams. <laughs> right. Man, I, it's crazy that Kawhi will now be going for his third ring on his third team. Yeah, uh, that that's a cool – like you mentioned the last spot about like his legacy and stuff. I think that's a pretty cool uh, thing to point out. You know who else is going for that? LeBron. LeBron. Yep. <laughs> and they're battling out in L.A. Like, damn. If Kawhi wins a third ring, uh, LeBron's got – what he's got three too. If Kawhi wins three, is no one's like talking about him being better than LeBron. Like, does that put him up in that conversation of greatest of all time if he wins with the Clippers? Uh, I don't think yet. I think, I think we have a little ways to go on him. I, I don't have like a reason why or why not, but just in my bones, I don't feel it yet. Yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling that same way, but I'm feeling guilty about feeling that way. Like I'm, I'm you're like, dude, this guy just like gets Finals MVPs and like, <laughs> yeah, is a huge factor. Like he just wills championships into being. Yeah, yeah, and uh, him and Paul George are both from like the outskirts of Los Angeles. Kawhi's from Riverside. Paul George is from Little North uh, Palmdale. So uh, those guys teaming up on like the second team in the market is, is pretty cool. Then you got just two big time stars in LeBron and AD on the Lakers, like still Hollywood as ever. And then Houston's got two LA guys, Harden and Westbrook grew up together as well. So it, it's, it seems like guys are playing with their friends and who they want to play with. So I, we're in store for a great season, man. It can't get here soon enough. Like, yeah. And and what's cool is that like we, I guess it's cool. I don't know. We don't have to, we being the Grizzlies don't have to like compete this year. So like as fans, we can just enjoy the whole NBA without being stressed out about the performance of our team. We can just like look at several players on our team, say how they're progressing and like maybe the overall culture and everything. But as far as like, I'm not, we're not disappointed if we don't make like second round of playoffs or something. 
Right. I think it makes it easier to appreciate uh, some of these great players that way because we're not like battling against them yeah. every night. You're just like a, a, taking their greatness for what it is. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I've, I've enjoyed over the past couple of years is like not having to hate Russell Westbrook, <laughs> like, yeah. or like, like things like that. So just, uh, just seeing the game, but I am ready for the Grizzlies to get back in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully soon, you know, a couple of years, we'll see what happens. Hopefully three years. Is that your three-year plan? Yeah, I think two to three is probably what I'm what I'm mentally prepared for, at least. Yeah, I think we're going to be the worst team in the West this year, so we got ways to go. Honestly, like if we kept if we got another a top four pick this year, that would not be the worst thing. <laughs> Wouldn't be. Would not be. We just don't want to suck too bad next year. That would be embarrassing to give away like a top four pick to Boston, but yeah, but it is what it is. A new lottery. It's not a whole lot of control. So yeah. Oh yeah. I just want to see John and Jaren stay healthy and continuously improve. Yep. Maybe Josh Jackson shows that he can be a role player. Hopefully Dylan Brooks can hit some shots. Uh, hopefully Brandon Clark can be a solid role player and uh, we'll go from there. There's a lot to watch for both on the Grizzlies and outside of us. So that, that's fun stuff, man. Uh, what about Tigers recruiting? You got anybody that you're, you're falling in love with as you've been uh, doing these recruiting recaps and stuff? Man, I'm just Kenny Chandler, I guess. If I had to go <laughs> with, the, with the hometown boy, man, he's a, a four-star junior. He's a Briar, rising junior uh, at a Briarcrest. He, he's got like tons of offers but he just got an offer from Memphis this week. Penny gave it to him. So I think he's been, according to, you know, all the, the CA and the daily Memphis, like he was really excited to get that offer from Memphis. Cause he's really been wanting it. Uh, some of his, his quotes, are like, he you know, he feels like he's the next big, you know, Memphis player, kind of like how Joe Jackson probably felt, you know, several years ago, like King of Memphis, you know, the up and coming star. And, from from what you can tell, like the guy is really a stud because he's on his team won the EYBL uh, today and he's playing up. So all these guys are, you know, class, most of them are class of 20. He's class of 21. But when he was not on the floor, his team was not the same whatsoever. Uh, he's just really athletic kid. I haven't seen him shoot. That's the only thing I haven't really seen, but real athletic, good passer you know, understands basketball really well. Uh, he, he stripped Jalen green and then dunked on him. That was a pretty big moment. Yeah, I, that was. I was pretty excited when that happened. And, uh, I mean, Jalen green was awesome too. Like he was knocking yeah. down threes. He was attacking the rim. He can finish in like any way he wants. So, uh, I hope he doesn't go overseas and come on down to Memphis, man, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, that would be a pretty, a pretty nasty guy to have on the team too because he's kind of a a two uh is shooting streaky but today he had a, a several big shots i think he hit three threes hit one to end the first half and that was pretty pretty big got him kind of got him rolling and he he just like gets to the rim yeah like he, to, to tie the game denied. yeah to tie the game and put it into overtime he drove into two guys like on the block did a spin move and put it up through contact 
to tie the game to put it into overtime. Like, dude, dude's a gamer. That's that's how I would describe is like he's a gamer. When he needs to do something, he's gonna step up and do it. So it's like that's pretty. It's pretty exciting. Like these high school kids are just really, really good. Yeah, a lot, lots of good basketball to watch, and uh, hopefully we we can uh, make some more trades over these next couple of weeks and months to uh, satisfy our appetite for basketball news yep. as we're done with summer league uh, after the championship game tomorrow. And then, then we wait to report to training camp. Uh, hopefully, hopefully King climbing can keep it interesting for us. Yeah. When does, uh, when does preseason start? I got, I got to say September, September. I did see that we are playing, RJ Hampton, who uh, was a he was a five star, a five star guard that was down to Memphis was one of his final schools that he was potentially going to go to. He reclassed to 2019 from 2020, and then he decided to go play in New Zealand. Um, but he that team, the Breakers, I think maybe yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be playing the Grizzlies in a preseason game inside the FedEx Forum. So that's pretty cool. You know, a little yeah. bit of a little bit of tide, but keep it a little different than just playing. You know, some of the NBA teams mix it up a little bit. I'm all about like international basketball. I wish that I had like the time to watch some more overseas basketball, like maybe some Euroleague and stuff. Because I mean, it's growing over there. It's a pretty big deal, and I know how like people in America watch a lot of Premier League soccer, Bundesliga, that kind of stuff. I wish I had the time to kind of get into that as well. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> you could be getting your appetite whetted. <laughs> I could be, but uh, I'll, I'll just watch the big three instead. You know, we could watch the That's WNBA. We could watch the WNBA. That's the, true. They are in season. I, I've tried to catch some games this year. It's, it's not bad. Um, just I just don't have a team, so it's hard to get fully immersed yep. in that world. Um, but all right, man. I'll holler at you. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Go Braves. See ya. <laughs> I just want the paper. 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 I just want the pa